Hi everyone, I'm Nekka and here's my girl. <laughs> Welcome to Jella Express, the podcast where we travel up and down a fictional highway called Ijela Express. Ijela runs from Cape Town, South Africa to Manama, Bahrain. We talk about our experiences as young Nigerian Americans growing up and starting adulthood in the U.S. South. And every Tuesday, we welcome a global audience like yourselves who are living in the 21st century, unpacking identity, social trends, and the latest art or literature or musical pieces. And segueing from that, today we're going to talk about language learning. Chi, have you ever learned a non-native language? Yes, I have studied Finnish and Arabic. So Chira and I, like, we're in the same Arabic program in college, and I'm um, also studied French. And then for both of us, Igbo was spoken at home too, so we picked up that as well. So just kind of digging into this episode, and of course, like, I won't even say like what is language learning, but why would you want to learn a different language? Or I guess why did you, in particular, choose Spanish? I didn't so much choose Spanish as it was like forced upon me and then I grew to really like it. The initial, I didn't have a choice. In elementary school, we had special classes and so we had Spanish once a week and I didn't like it then. (laughs) Then it was not fun. Is it like the only language available? Yeah, and everyone went to Spanish and we learned the same thing year after year because I couldn't keep a Spanish teacher. And so then... Sorry, no shade. And then (laughs) I won't mention the school. Then I went to middle school and then I had really good Spanish teachers. I also had a very big crush on my seventh grade Spanish teacher. He was very attractive and he kind of looked like Frank Sinatra, kind of. And he had had those blue, you know how they called him blue eyes? He Mm -hmm. had these like blue eyes and black hair. So I was like, I like really liked him. Everyone liked him because he was very attractive. And he was also a great teacher. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this is like fun. Like he made learning fun. He made it something that was attainable, doable. I was like a nerd. And so like putting in the work that I put into the class, I actually was getting somewhere. And that like piqued my curiosity. And then in eighth grade, I had another really good Spanish teacher. And that was intense. IB Spanish in general was intense. You learned so many things. I just had amazing Spanish teachers from seventh grade through high school and they were what made me want to learn Spanish I didn't have like a native Mm -hmm. a natural interest by the time they were done with me and I had learned as much as I had learned I was like wow this is super cool they made it a point to teach about different cultures in Latin America I was like this is so fascinating there's so many books I could read there's so much music I could learn there's so many places I could visit if I just keep up with this language and everyone's telling me I'm good at it And so by the time I got to Wofford, I knew I was going to major in Spanish in college because by that point I had really, really fallen in love with it. But I think it was the teachers because otherwise I didn't care that much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So for me with French, the reason why I chose it is I really wanted to understand like Congolese artists like Awilo come to find out they're not speaking like straight French. And so, like, by middle school, like, I was studying, and I'm like, I'm going to one day understand him. And then, like, by, like, 
middle like high school i'm like this is not just french but i still kept with it because like i just enjoyed learning and of course like you get to like tap into a different world but for me like the origin of like learning french and arabic later on was definitely like music motivated just wanting to understand deeply like some of my favorite artists what they were saying or i guess yeah what they were saying at least in general in their songs but yeah you both of us actually got, of course i got to study abroad we talked about that in an earlier episode what are some of the i guess like the brownie points or like the value points learning spanish for you like that i've seen over the years yeah i have made like friends in spanish like long-lasting friends my friend Hernan and i met when i was sitting abroad in, in Buenos Aires and the reason he wanted to be friends with me is because I spoke Spanish well for an yeah, American. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was what happened there. And we're still friends. I It led me to fall in love with so many different types of music. It's really helped me learn Spanish. And it's also given me so much music that I really love. I think that's like probably my biggest thing that I love so much. But being able to meet people, talk to people, all the cultural experiences I had in Latin America would have been just like completely dim if I didn't speak Spanish well and I have just had like such immersive experiences because of speaking Spanish mm -hmm. and yeah those experiences have just been like meant so much to me especially the making friends part so I'd say making friends and then like music has been the two biggest key, things key motivation and I yeah I think that's I also work now with a bunch of Mexicans I work at a organization that's farm worker advocacy and most farm workers speak Spanish so that's also been cool being able to talk to workers because that's usually their primary language and then my roommate's Mexican and we don't speak Spanish to each other but he sometimes speaks Spanish to me usually when he's ranting yeah <laughs> usually when he's ranting like nice <laughs> and so you know like kind of going a little back to like the top of the episode of like talking about language learning but hopefully from this conversation we're wanting for you to get out of it is just I guess like a few steps or like resources so the first one being like if you are interested in learning a new language first you kind of have to like settle yourself in like what your reason is for learning the language just so that you can kind of tap back into like why you're you know pursuing this for the days or the moments i guess like when it gets a little discouraging like chira and i were saying just now our reasons for learning language are like both music motivated forced a little bit <laughs> and like just wanting to kind of tap into maybe Maybe media that we we're consuming but your reason may be you know you have family members who speak this language or you're going to a new country just kind of grounding yourself or at least like having like step like step one this is the reason why i'm learning this language kind of keeps you i guess accountable would you say the same or i that hasn't been my experience is what i'll say <laughs> that's what i'll say when i get discouraged i get really discouraged and then i just don't want to do it anymore do you think that has gotten me back <laughs> has been just the love I have of the language. It's kind of yeah. like a relationship. Mm, like some days you it. just feel like mm. extremely discouraged and think that's good advice. I do think it's good advice to tell people to remember why you're learning this, but that doesn't help me. Yeah, I just have I'm to get much, over it. I'm very much a why person. Like if I'm doing something and it sucks in the moment, it really helps to have something I've written down or some, just remembering like the initial goal, maybe the goal has changed, but like at least initially, why did I choose? keeps you moving forward uh, you do kind of fall in and out of love <laughs> especially when it's like Arabic and it's like completely different script and like words yeah I think it just depends I do think that southern people like me it's just like <laughs> it's just cyclical I just get over it I don't have like any <laughs> higher 
higher reasoning <laughs> available to me in those moments. It's really learning a language is really hard. You get like really mad and very discouraged. I don't know if other people have had nicer journeys, but I have had journeys where I've been just like really frustrated and really yeah. mad. Spanish specifically. So, but you get through it. You just get through it. I think people make fun of you. People make fun of me. People make fun of you in every language you're going to try to speak, unfortunately, which is can really do a number on some people, myself included. So I think that's when you feel the worst or when you're lost and you can't communicate or whatever, when you're being catcalled and you can't like say something back. So back, yeah. Or even understand the like the comment to its full extent. I will say being here in Algeria, like it's really forced me to of course, like French is useful here, but it's like you really like people will start the sentence in French and end it in Arabic. And so like now I've like found myself like you, I literally have no other choice but to really buckle down and like advance my Arabic. And like, it's good. It's a good motivator. But at the same time, when you have moments where you're like at the store, like this literally happened yesterday <laughs> when you're at a restaurant and you're like, this is like what I want. And like you say it and you have like the basic structure and the hostess or like whoever at the store is like giggling because they're like wow like (laughs) she really (laughs) butchered that one (laughs) it can be discouraging but it's like like for me like I I always like like I was saying earlier kind of go back to the why of like this is annoying but (laughs) at least I know I'm learning so that I can communicate with people or just understand the music a little bit more but here's my advice going off of that actually I have something for advice Please. I think what has got me going <laughs> again, maybe people should listen to Nika instead of me uh, in general, but like what has got me going is literally not having any other choice. <laughs> and that is what has helped. Like, yeah. like my, no matter how mad I got at my Spanish ability in Buenos Aires, I still had my classes completely in Spanish the next day, period. Like, <laughs> so there was no like throwing the socks in, like it wasn't going to work because I have my yeah. classes and I'm coming home to my crazy host mom who also only speaks Spanish. So for people who are not motivated by goals <laughs> and like don't have that like more like rational mindset, <laughs> making like a full safe, like you literally just have no choice. But I think also being able to practice and having a safe place that you have no choice but to practice in mm-hmm. is helpful, like a class yeah. or like language group that's mm-hmm. going to keep or you coming partner. back. Because obviously if every time, yeah, every time you speak, if you get like made fun of, that's not very fun. I mean, it might be effective, but it's discouraging. Ooh, I will say like, okay, so you were saying like, or we both like have shared our study abroad experiences, right? But what about if you're trying to like learn a language, you've never been to the country or area, you're just like purely like learning for the sake of learning, or you're just not able to travel to. How have you like maintained your Spanish proficiency? I mean, you're not like living in a like a, yeah, a primarily Spanish speaking country so how do you kind of navigate that well i am still really lucky i feel like because i do work with like predominantly mexican oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my boss is starts us in english and finishes in spanish pretty frequently though we do speak predominantly english at work but there is like a spanglish vibe a lot of the time and then my roommate is mexican and is always speaking spanish yeah. around the house so <laughs> i feel like i have been really spoiled in that way but i didn't always have this job I would say my biggest advice is always going to be you need to find actual people who you can talk to. There's nothing that compares to actual people, whether you're talking online or at a language group. 
that is my advice to always be talking to people. You can listen to like podcast reading. It helps yeah. me to read in another language, but podcasts help people. Songs, music has been a yeah. huge thing. List, but at people is always going to be my number one recommendation. Yeah, I will say like kind of split up your studying into three categories if you can. So like, and I mean like it's very it's pretty typical like you're reading, speaking, listening, and I would maybe add writing if you can in there. So like reading, of course, like we were talking about books, articles, etc. If there's a way for you to practice doing, practice the language, doing things you do on a regular, like even if you're at the grocery store, like in your mind or before you go to the grocery store, write your grocery list like in your target language it may just be like you know translating apple to the word in the language that you're trying to learn but just having that and kind of like fusing it in different parts of your day is helpful i know for my french teacher suggested that we like if you're a journal person that you try journaling like a few sentences of your target language because again it kind of keeps you in that thinking pattern of things that you would say anyways just you know due to your personality so that's an option all right just to kind of recap it's define at least step one define your why or at least find a scenario that'll force you to use the language and then secondly like figure out like what tools you want to use that kind of help you in four areas and that would be like reading speaking listening and writing if you can and then another thing i wanted to bring up and this is like it's not really like a step three it's just like a segue for this conversation a little bit but if you're trying to learn like a native i would say like a native tongue or at least something or a language that's like associated with your ancestry like we were talking about earlier a heritage language a hair there we go i was looking for the word a heritage language we were talking about earlier like you will like the snickle or the snickers or like they call it like language shaming and it is kind of tough, especially like when it's associated with your identity. I will say that for me personally, so we grew up hearing like hearing Igbo spoken in our household, music, all of the sorts. And then of course, like was an Igbo church, right? But it was like, whenever we would respond or try to respond in Igbo, it was like, you would get like the laughs. And finally, <laughs> Like, I just, like, had to accept that, like, I'm going to speak Igbo with an American accent, and that is, like, truly okay. But I don't know if you had, like, the same experience, too. Like, how did you, or if you even did, like, get over the hump of, like, wanting to speak Igbo? Yeah, there is a hump. I feel like my biggest hump, not so much getting made fun of with my parents, I feel like they just kind of chuckle, is it's just so much easier. We have this really bad pattern in my household, or I'll, I'll say specifically me, but it's the whole household, of responding back in English. My grandma and I will have full mm. hour-long, two-hour, three-hour-long conversations where she's speaking exclusively Igbo and I'm speaking exclusively English. English and yeah. that's like model. Yeah, so that is the hardest thing to break when it's just like, I can say this so much easier if I just speak English and you're going to understand me. I think her own bilingualness fuels my suffering Evo proficiency. So I think that's the biggest hump for me. So it's like a switch in your mind or like, it's like, it's really difficult to overcome when you've got a pattern of speaking one way. Even with my roommate who is literally Mexican, like we speak in English and like we could speak in Finnish all the time and we like don't. So like, I think the most difficult pattern to break for me. There was one time where I broke it for like two months and then it just went back to English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do get made fun of, but not so much by my parents mm-hmm. as much as just like other random people. Yeah. 
I won't say it doesn't get to me like now, like it's definitely like still, cause I remember this actually happened like a couple months ago, but I went to go pick up my prescription at Walmart and the pharmacist happened to be an Ebo. And like, he like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, first of all, like <laughs> I do not want to have this conversation here. Of where's your parents or all this stuff. But like he started proceeding in the conversation Ebo. And usually, especially for heritage speakers, that's for them to test if you understand the language is so anyways. So like he proceeds to tell me, oh, look at how your Ebo is as in like, look how it's like hitting and i told him or actually like i wish i had told him like what do you expect like i grew up here like in the u.s like what did you expect and you almost have to like adopt i will say a personality with learning a language and you have to assume the person understands you or will understand you and when you assume like at least for me when i assumed that it kind of changed the way i like moved around in the conversation if you don't understand a word that i said then i'll start describing what i mean until like you say the word or like something clicks right and this kind of goes for even if this isn't like a hair like you're trying to learn like a heritage language but you know step three is like it's a little different in terms of course step three of course like is practicing right like you've defined like your why you've defined like what material you're going to use to help you learn but third thing and like the continuous thing is like your practice and the reason why i bring up heritage speakers is because it you do kind of get a brunt of like the language shaming unfortunately from people like you know family strangers even but just like truly continue practicing <laughs> it does get better i'll also but, say yeah go ahead one other thing if for heritage speakers and non-heritage speakers that I think is really critical is when you learn a new word or if you hear a word and you don't know what it means, you need to have some type of method, whatever works for you of like writing down that word and going yes. back and practicing that specifically. Like I know people who carry around a little notebook. I think I did that for a while. Some people are super into flashcards. Some people have notes on their phone. That will really help you. Like anytime you're struggling with something or you hear a new word, go ahead and write it down so you can revisit it later. And I think heritage speakers have a really big advantage this and that if that language is spoken at home or in your community Absolutely. then you're constantly exposed to this and you can actually learn really fast that way yeah i wholeheartedly agree and that's something i wish i had adopted earlier of like writing the words down because you kind of take it for granted you're like ah now that i've heard it like i'll remember what the meaning is like don't fool yourself <laughs> write it down somewhere and also like don't be afraid to ask like what it means it's better that you ask like in the moment of hearing the word so your brain kind of associates the moment with picking up the meaning behind that word and then of course like you know noting it down takes the the memorization even further so yeah i was also gonna ask one to share more about experience with learning i know you shared a little bit but you had anything else you want to say about algerian arabic mm. what it's like because you're like in that situation now yeah. i'm not this is like i'm talking about like things that i've done in the past or like <laughs> old situations that are still going on but this is yeah, like new yeah. so i'm curious to hear about like because i know you studied arabic but we studied modern standard and i know you lived in tunisia I don't know if you took Kadisha classes in Tunisia, but even if you did, you're in Algeria now. So it is almost like being exposed to, at the very least, a whole new dialect. So how is, like, if you want to say anything more about yeah. that, or do you feel like you're a baby again, or like, no, or like, yeah. I feel like Chiara was saying, we studied MSA, that stands for Modern Standard Arabic or Fusha in college. And that is like, I would say like useful for giving you a base. I won't say it's useful for like 
giving you the like the language wins as I like to call them around like being able to converse with people right and so in Tunisia I could get around with French like no problem right because it's almost like yeah I would say like French was I won't say like spoken more than Darija but it was just like people if they started the sentence in in French they would finish it in French Um, whereas like here it's like it would go from like French to Darija to sometime Amazik or like Tam in the sentence and that is like I feel like a novice because I'm like the sentence started off like me knowing what's going on and now I'm like doubting my reality like do I actually know French so I would say I've been here for three weeks now just about honestly my language learning here is pending I'm still trying to figure out like what's the best way for me to pick up the language outside of like speaking with people like of course like you know I walk outside and there's like practice already right but like when I'm indoors like just finding the or having the materials that help me practice of course like I'm also very lucky because my roommate is American but she studied Dadija extensively in Morocco and so she's pretty fluent and for her at least like she's been now getting it down to a point of like understanding the differences between Moroccan Darija and Algerian but I feel like she's doing great and so for me it's more so like just picking the differences between or among like Fusha Darija and then like and somehow like the Tunisian Arabic is still like kind of pulling up in my brain too so just like getting things like organized honestly if you ever really can <laughs> you know I don't know if like for like when it's your non-native language you may honestly never be <laughs> to like switch like think clearly in one at a given time but yeah process like catch me in like three months and we'll see (laughs) but yeah I hope that was really helpful just to kind of recap again you know when you're starting your language learning habits or journey or whatever you want to call it definitely figure out why you want to learn this language or at least find a scenario that really forces you to use language so whether it's you have a language club every week where you know the target language is being spoken and you really want to like be able to converse with the people in the group or you do something on the other end of studying abroad and then two is for you to like find your study schedule that or at least like the materials that kind of fit these four areas of reading writing listening and speaking and then three is of course practice and it looks practice looks different you know of course like depending on what language you're learning but also especially looks different for our heritage and non-heritage language learners but if you are hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode episode and for that we really want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts we <laughs> really uh, love you being here with us and listening to these topics we love talking about language learning and interacting with other language learners so please if you want to share your story about language learning with us dm us on instagram comment on our facebook post or leave a voicemail via our anchor telling us how you thought today's episode was asking for tips talking about what you'd like us to discuss in the future we'd love to hear from you And we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. So please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we will see you next week. Bye.